ยินดีต้อนรับสู่สะพานพันธกิจของพระเจ้า Welcome to Bridges for Mission. Bienvenue au pont pour la mission. Bienvenidos y bienvenidas a Puentes de las Misiones. Welcome, everyone. Bienvenue. I'm Reverend Sandra Dorsonville, co-creator of Bridges for Mission, and I'm here with Minister Nicole Cox. And we invite you this season to define, understand in greater depth what partnership is all about. International Ministries is celebrating 208 years of existence, and we invite to listen to conversations we have with staff, global servants, volunteers, other sending agencies, as we all review the role of Christian partnership. What does it mean to be partners with International Ministries? Let us understand how partnerships might have changed over time, while we remain true to our mystiology of going. Where we have been asked to come, going with open hearts and open hands, we are excited to have other voices facilitate the conversations with us in this season eight of B4M. Again, welcome, and let us continue to partner in kingdom building. Welcome to our Bridges for Mission podcast, exploring how international ministries and our partners have navigated the past two years during the pandemic. I am Richard Schweising, a volunteer for IAM over the last 25 years, ranging from leading workshops at the World Mission Conference to serving on the IAM Board of Directors. I will be moderating the conversation. Our guest today is Sharon Coe, the CEO of International Ministries, um, doing a great job in leading our total program. And as we have been looking at partnerships, Sharon, we're, uh, first question for you is, what do you see as the core value in the way IM does mission? Thanks, Rich. It's uh, lovely to be here with you today. And um, I would say the core value in the way that IM does mission is partnership. And how do you define that partnership? Partnership um, is one of those words that a lot of people use um, in different ways. So um, specifically at International Ministries, um, we see partnership as a journeying alongside um, of co-equals, um, not one that's um, in charge of the other or um, leading the other, but walking side by side with a mutual exchange um, Of, of resources and ideas and prayers. Um, and so we, we see this in terms of um, how we relate with our international partners. Um, we also use partnership when we refer to um, US-based and Puerto Rico-based churches and individuals that journey alongside the ministry that God is doing um, in God's mission through I am. When we're talking about global partnerships, don't those partnerships involve both places where we have global servants and places where we don't have global servants? And how is that different? Yes, absolutely. So um, there are places, um, countries, locations where we have international partnerships where global servants um, are not located right now. Uh, usually those partnerships are uh, maintained 
um, and, and grown by our area directors. We have five area directors and they're active um, in either Africa or Europe and the Middle East or Ibero-America or South Asia or um, East Asia. And um, each of those um, area directors are in charge of um, the partnerships in that area. Does that answer the question? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, is it different though when our global servants are there? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. When the global servants are present, um, we have um, somebody who, sometimes a whole family who is on site and able to, to do that um, journeying alongside that I talked about um, in, in the flesh, so to speak, um, not just by visiting, but they actually are there and they're able to see how God is active, what the Holy Spirit has been up to, and then how they can participate in or, or help raise resources for or um, what, what we can gain um, from, from what God's doing in the midst of um, those partners' uh, situation. You talked about both global partnerships and domestic partnerships with our churches. What are some, particularly with the pandemic of the last three years, what are some of the difficulties and downfalls that you have uh, noticed in trying to maintain those communications? The pandemic, I mean, I don't think we have enough time on this podcast to just discuss all the downfalls and roadblocks that it threw our way. Um, I think that uh, the pandemic mainly restricted travel, uh, which made it very, very difficult for us to be in person, um, and therefore it made it difficult to be in community. Um, I think that... Um, Necessity as a mother invention of invention brought up some new things through the pandemic, like um, this ability that um, our short term mission um, team has been able to put together where we can go on um, volunteer trips um, by Zoom. And that's that's something these mission exposure um, things that uh, Sandra and Nicole have put together is brand new. And I think it's highly innovative and a lot of great feedback from that. Um, but when you ask me what the pandemic has put in the in the way of, of our partnerships, I think the ability to sit at the table, have a meal together, look each other in the actual eye. Um, I, haven't, I haven't seen your blue eyes in a long time um, over there, Rich. And um, it, it's it's a different piece. I mean, I think we, we are already friends, Rich. So, so I, I know who you are. But um, if I were meeting you for the first time, this is kind of a limited way to get to know you. Um, and, and that part's been difficult. I think also one of the things the pandemic did um, in kind of secondarily is it, it made a lot of us uh, very self-focused and self-centered, um, churches and individuals alike. We were, we were all in survival mode. Um, and that, that made it hard to value and to prioritize mission. Um, so it, it's not that it didn't happen. It's just that it didn't come naturally to a community that was very focused on survival. Um, thinking of mission outside our walls and certainly outside our country's borders didn't come easily in, in, a, in a season of, of survival mode. Um, yeah, and many, particularly on the global level, many of our, our partners were in survival mode. and Still are, yeah. Quite frankly, as churches had to shut down domestically, some of them are in survival mode as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I don't mean to belittle that. I, I saw it as, I still see it as a, a real challenge. Um, but, you know, just to answer the question in terms of how um, that made it difficult for us to think about and prioritize and, and passionately embrace 
uh, mission was that kind of season. Yeah. Yeah. It is difficult. And yet, uh, from everything I hear, I am has thrived during this period and has grown because of it. So not because of it, but it has grown because people have seen that there is a need beyond our own borders that we need to be supporting. So, yeah, God's been incredible in this season. I think he's really grown our capacity and our hearts um, for care and, and our creativity for how to extend that care. Um, meeting basic human need uh, becomes more pressing and more urgent when there's a lot more human need. Um, and I think I am in its community, um, talking about partnership, I am and its partners really rose to the challenge. Um, and that's been really great. I think um, I'd like to take another stab at defining partnership. One of my favorite partnership stories in scripture is uh, where Jesus meets the Samaritan woman at the well. Um, and at, at face value, that's a uh, you know, here, here's a, a Jewish man of, of pretty high status um, on his travels, not seemingly needing anything from, from the lady that needs to be at the well at an awkward hour so she doesn't run into anybody socially. But actually he does. Um, he, he needs a drink of water. And, and the extension of the partnership is like, you've got something I don't, a vessel with which you could give me water. Um, and I want to participate in your vessel. I would like to touch it. I would like to be part of um, you and, and, and this friendship. And, and in return, I have something um, to offer you that you can't have without me as well. Um, and, you know, I mean, whenever we refer to Jesus, then of course there is not a power equality, but I think the example of, of partnership that embraces what the partner has to offer is where I'm going. And I think that's um, something that I am values very much that in every partnership, um, you have something of the image of God and of the experience of God that I can't experience without you. So I, I, I want in this partnership to receive what God has shown you. Um, through your eyes and through your experience, through your community. And that's a great comparison because I think too often we think we are going to help other people and we don't realize how much we can receive from them if we just open our hearts and our minds. So mm -hmm. that's a great way to conclude our short time together. And I appreciate very much uh, your being with us for this time, Sharon. And uh, doing the things that you do and keeping I am afloat during this difficult time. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, Rich. Thank you. Welcome to our continuing edition of Bridges from Mission. Our guests are Joyce Bagner-Naza and Reverend Mark Kirchhoff, both from Donor Services. Let's plunge right into this, Joyce and Mark. How do you start a conversation during this time of the pandemic when you can't see people personally face-to-face? -face? How do you start that conversation? I use the phone quite a bit, quite a bit more than I have in the past, obviously. Uh, I've had a few Zoom calls and uh, video calls, but uh, for the most part, I use the phone uh, a lot more than I have in the past. Uh, and, and folks are very open to that. And uh, a lot of folks uh, are really 
appreciative of my phone calls and contacts because they've not had a lot of contact with their friends and family uh, because of the pandemic. I also do use quite a bit of telephone, but um, one of the things that I think uh, was a blessing in disguise when it comes to the COVID time is the use of um, other medias like Zoom, like video calls, things that people weren't necessarily familiar with before, uh, and they have become very, very much familiar with them. So it has opened other venues and other areas of communicating and meeting people, even if you're not meeting them face to face. Um, so when it comes to starting a conversation with donors, um, I do it the same way I did prior to 2019. And I always start with great uh, gratitude. I think gratitude is important. Um, it's very, very important to express to people what the support means to the organization, to the global servants, um, and to our partners. And also, I always take time to really acknowledge, uh, acknowledge the ministry of giving, because I think giving is truly a ministry within itself. So when I start before going far in the conversation, I always make sure that I express my gratitude for the work that they do, the ministry of giving, and I acknowledge their ministry uh, and the importance of their ministry and their partnership, because that's truly what makes the work do. And what they do in terms of giving really is kingdom building. So you've gone from physical travel to virtual travel as you uh, have made contacts. What do these partnerships with donors look like since 2020? Has it, has it been different? Have, have you felt different in working with those partnerships? I don't think so. Um... And I, I like the word partnership, by the way. Uh, we talk a lot about our partnerships with uh, ministries overseas. We, we work uh, with more than 250 partners overseas. But our donors, including churches and individuals, truly are partners in ministry. Uh, Paul in the Bible talks about the body of Christ. Uh, I like to talk about and think about our global servants as the hands and feet of Christ. And I like to think about our donor churches, our donor individuals as the heart pumping the blood to the hands and the feet, uh, because they are true partners in our mission and our ministry. Uh, they are providing the resources necessary. And so they, through their partnership with us, uh, provide the resources that are necessary and so it's, it's uh, while we're not uh, able to necessarily be face-to-face -face with them and in person through these past couple of years, uh, they have continued very faithfully uh, to provide those resources, pumping the blood, if you will, uh, of, uh, of their faithful support and their prayer support for our global servants uh, to do uh, and to be the hands and feet of Christ, uh, ministering and sharing the love of God through their health care, uh, through their uh, economic development, through their teaching, uh, through fighting human trafficking, uh, whatever it is they're doing, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ 
they are true partners uh, just as much as our global servants are uh, in spreading the gospel and making disciples around the world. So we're grateful for their partnership. And even if we can't be face to face, even if it's just by phone or Zoom calls, uh, we're able to reach out and touch those lives. And our partners, our donors are able to touch the lives of people around the world uh, just the same. I agree with you, Mark. Um, I definitely agree. And I love your analogy of the hands and feet and the heart. Uh, it is true. It is definitely true. Um, I have to say that I am more of a face-to-face -face person than a telephone person. Um, I do well meeting people, hugging people, um, you know, sitting across the sharing, uh, sitting across the table, sharing a cup of tea, and catching up with people. Um, I know with Zoom and other media's, we can almost do that, but I would definitely say that I have missed traveling in-person traveling and meeting people in person. Um, and um, I am looking forward to being able to go out again on the road and, and meeting with people. But um, even in the absence of meeting with people in person and, and truly experiencing um, the togetherness with people, I do have to express my gratitude for the technology, uh, the Zoom that, you know, Zoom uh, and other medias that have allowed people to stay in touch and to stay connected because that has been really important for donors, for churches. Um, there have been Sundays that I attended three or four church services, you know, from my living room. Um, so it has given me an opportunity to reach much more people than I would have. If I would travel to a city, I'll only maybe go to one service because all the services are 11 o'clock. But you know, with Zoom, you don't always have to attend it live, but even live, I have found that many churches have adapted different time zones and different time for the services. So um, I definitely am very grateful for the technology that has allowed us to stay connected with people, with congregations, um, and to stay present because people have been lonely and they have wanted these visits and, and, and these connections. Joyce brings something up uh, that reminds me something that has changed for me. Um, you know, in the past, uh, pr uh, prior to the pandemic, uh, I would call and, and uh, ask if someone would mind me stopping by and offering our personal thanks and getting acquainted and talking about our mission. Uh, nowadays, and I am starting to travel a little bit more, um, if I say I'm, I'm going to be in a certain area, I'll ask uh, if they're comfortable with me stopping by. And some folks are. Uh, and some folks aren't, you know, I'm, I'm not quite ready for a visit yet. I'm still, you know, a little leery of uh, meeting folks face to face and that's fine. But what I've noticed is regardless, uh, I think I've, some of our friendships and our partnerships have become a little closer because even though folks may not be open to a visit, uh, they appreciate the call, they appreciate the contact so much more, especially those folks who haven't been able to have that personal contact. Um, I've had calls from um, especially some of the, uh, the senior adults uh, 
who don't get out uh, and are not able to get out, they so appreciate the call and the contact. And they'll call me just to catch up and say, hey, you know, have you heard from our, our global servants in a particular part of the world? What's going on there? What do you hear? Uh, I've had a lot, obviously, uh, lately um, uh, questions about what's going on in Ukraine and the situation there. Um, but they'll, they'll call uh, and we've become great friends. And uh, I, I think those kind of relationships, those personal relationships have increased in the past uh, few months, uh, simply because the contact by phone, by Zoom um, have increased. And I think uh, our partnerships are stronger, uh, our connections are stronger, and people have really appreciated the opportunity to connect both in person and by Zoom and telephone, and even by text and email. Mark, you touch on, on one of the things that I hope we could look at is that uh, we found during the pandemic that some churches had difficulties because they couldn't meet face-to-face. -face. Uh, that affected their giving as well as other things. And yet IM has continued to do fairly well, probably thanks to work like you and, uh, and Joyce have done. But were there real surprises that you didn't expect? Uh, either of you have, have something that... Uh, you just didn't expect to happen that was a surprise and a positive? Well, I think uh, for me, the big surprise was as we look, uh, I'm a numbers person. I love numbers. And as we look at our last fiscal year, which ended this past September, we had our strongest fiscal year of the past 10. It was also one of the most challenging fiscal years, obviously, because of the pandemic. And, and Richard, as you said, because of, of all the challenges that churches had and churches, of course, uh, are where our donors are. But yet folks were so generous. Uh, we had our strongest fiscal year. That's that's just that was a huge surprise for me. Um and all the, the other things that came along with the pandemic, uh, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the, the social uh, disruption that, that we experienced, uh, uh, the, the things that are going on in Ukraine and so forth. I just see an outpouring of love uh, for people around the world and the situations that are going on. Uh, the generosity just continues to pour forth. And we're having another good fiscal year so far to this point. And uh, it's just surprising how difficult times around the world result in generosity in the hearts of Christians here in the United States and around the world. Um, and I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised because that is just a revelation of the love of God in the hearts of Christians. Joyce, do you have anything to add to that? Well, um... The only thing I would like to add, which really surprised me, I have to say, it probably shouldn't have, but it did. Um, I have been in contact with people and, and, and churches, as you, you pointed out, who have maybe not have gotten the same giving that they had uh, prior to the pandemic, or people who are suffering because of loss of jobs, um, illnesses, and so forth, uh, and they are still giving they are still supporting the work. 
And I, I had a conversation with somebody who had just lost um, her job. And she says to me, Joyce, I did lose my job. I hope that I will receive and I will get another. But giving is not where I am going to cut. The work is important. The kingdom work is important. And I will continue to support it, even in unemployment. There have been churches that, like you pointed out, their giving has gone down, but they have continued to support the global servants uh, that they support. They have not said, since we are not getting what we have gotten in the past, we will no longer support so-and-so missionary, or we will no longer give to the world mission offering. They have continued. And I think part of it is because, um, of course, God calls them and compares them to be in this ministry and to have this ministry and to really use the calling and the gift of giving. But also I think it's because they, they do understand the work that the global servants and the partners are doing. Um, um, our um, communication team has done a wonderful job sharing the stories of the missionaries, sharing the stories of the partners and the work that's being done and people fear as though they might be struggling more so than they did. They're not giving out of comfort, but they're giving because it's so important. They're giving because they understand the work that's being done. And they're giving because they know that it's important that the work goes on. And they know that if they didn't, there will be so much more suffering. Mm -hmm. um, our, our global servants have really pivoted and adapted during this COVID time. Um, they have really expanded the reach that they do. Many of them who were doing other ministries went into feeding the hungry, um, you know, ministering in the street and so forth. And our communication team has done a wonderful job sharing those stories and showing the people and the churches and, and, and the, don the individual donors the importance and the impact of what um, the giving is doing. So I think that really, the, the fact that people did not look inward in time of stress and, 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 um, and scarcity, but instead of looking inward, they looked out and say, okay, I am suffering, but I can do for other people. I can still help. So that has surprised me. Joyce and Mark, I want to thank you for being a part of our conversation. You've started us off with really a positive look at how International Ministries has uh, benefited uh, rather than suffered because of the pandemic. And we thank you for the work that you have done. We uh, pray that uh, God will continue to go with you as you uh, continue that work and hopefully begin to be able to travel a little bit more. So thank you for coming, for sharing with us today. Thank you, Richard. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Thank mm. you. God bless. If you would like to contact the Short-Term Mission Desk at International Ministries, please send an email to volunteers at internationalministries.org.